Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show. Before we get to our interview today, I would like to just remind you that we have the International Sacred Sexual Music Festival happening virtually live stream this year, April 16th, 17th, and 18th. I am going to be celebrating my birthday on the 17th of this Sacred Sexual Music Festival. We have over 20 plus sexuality experts, teachers, demonstrators, healing practitioners, and musicians that we we all can learn from and reflect on a new way to honor our life force energy. So the speakers, the dancers, the musicians from all around the world are really going to get us in touch with the essence of our sexuality. We're going to learn how to live with a new, more sacred sexual energy in times of the Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinstein era. We're going to learn about what different spiritual traditions teach about sexuality, how we can shift our culture to remember when our bodies were seen and known as sacred, why we live in a sex-phobic culture and how to step into a new attitude. We're also going to learn about our sexual life from the recent pandemic and social justice crisis. And we're also going to learn about the greater cosmological, planetary, and evolutionary cycles we are a part of. This is really going to be an amazing virtual festival. I do hope that you will join us. We have tickets for sale now. The link is in the show notes, but you can go to sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. All right, let's get to our guest today. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Path 11 podcast. We have a very talented woman on our show today. So talented, in fact, that I wanted to invite her to Path 11 TV. And she is going to be one of our guests. Uh, for those of you that have a subscription, we are doing these free Zoom private events for our subscribers. And Junie is going to, Junie Moon is my guest today. She is going to be the guest that we have invited to Path 11 TV in March. So she's actually going to offer, it's kind of, she can talk a little bit more about it, but she's really going to offer like an hour group coaching session on shadow work, working on shame and guilt. And we'll talk a little bit about that today, but she's done a lot here. So let me tell you a little bit more about Junie Moon. And for those of you who are listening, but not watching, I got dressed up for her today and I wore my star scarf um, because she's Junie Moon. So I figured I'm going to be April star today. Um, so I want to get a little, little dressed up for her. And she's got beautiful hearts behind her. If you guys are just listening, her backdrop is beautiful. Um, so Junie Moon, inner critic tamer and love coach. She helps people experience transformation that sticks. She is also a certified shadow facilitator, and she can help people lower the volume of negative thoughts so that they can fully embrace life with confidence, playfulness, and ease. She's also an award-winning international speaker, a best-selling author of Loving the Whole Package, Shed the Shame, and Live Life Out Loud. She's also the director and producer of the film Shed the Shame and the host of the podcast, which is her podcast, 
midlife love out loud. So Junie, you sound as busy as I am making (laughs) films, right? We're making films, we're podcasting, we're we're doing individual work with people. So you're my type of gal. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on. And, and when we're on purpose wanting to make a difference in the world, we get busy, don't we? (laughs) We do. Yeah. It's like, you just can't stop. And then one thing leads to the next, the next. So it's, yeah, it's just, you just feel that urge that there's so much to be done in such a little, you know, point of time that I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste life. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I, I'm yes, completely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit more about how did you get into shadow work? Like what, what was, what drew you to that? And um, let's uh, just dive right in to kind of explain a little bit about what it is and how it can really help people heal and maybe how it helped you heal. Absolutely. It actually happened by accident. Um, I was at a, a festival and uh, there was this class. I don't even remember the name of it. It certainly didn't say anything about shadow. And I was in this class and this instructor, this, this facilitator did these processes that got us past the conscious mind and into our bodies and into an experience that we were able in a safe way to shift some of our, our painful places in a way that felt comfortable, which was, it didn't make sense to me how she did that so fast. And I went up to her after and I said, what did you just do? And, and what was that? And she said it was shadow work and I needed to know more. Um, so it was by accident and yet there's no accidents. It was perfect timing because I had hit 200 pounds <laughs> and I was miserable. I was in a marriage that was really painful. I walked on eggshells with a, my stomach in knots on a regular basis because I wasn't comfortable not only in my own skin, but I wasn't comfortable being me. I wasn't able to speak up. I He was a bully. He had a very spicy personality and he scared me. And so I was very careful to not rock, rock the boat. I became a micromanager to the umpteenth degree. And I ate a lot of food to manage that discomfort. And so I'd worked on the food. I had worked on my body. I'd done, I'd done workshops. I had read books. I had done everything I could to feel better about my life, but nothing ever stuck. Stuck? Stuck. That doesn't sound right. It never stuck. That's not the right word. What is no, I know what you're saying. Stuck. Yeah, it it's stuck. It's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds so, so like my mother would, you know, like the Jewish, it's stuck, you know, stuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it didn't stick. There it is. It didn't stick. And yet I was in so much pain. And so, um, so I dove into the shadow work, getting past the conscious mind and got into a lot of the programming, all of the things that shaped me and had me walking that fine line, walking on those eggshells, being so scared to be me and relax inside of me. And what I thought was a food problem really was a self-esteem problem, really was all the things I picked up along the way, the messages of our culture and our and my family and how to fit in, how to be. So I learned shadow work. I it transformed my life. 18 years ago, I, I lost, you know, 50 pounds, kept it off, and created a whole new life for myself, not just with my body, but with with intimate partners. And now I have an amazing partner. And so I knew that this was vital work, so much out there is neck up and figuring stuff out. And I had figured it all out, but nothing helped. And then the shadow understanding why I was the way I was and then changing the wiring. That's, that's what happened to me. And that's why I do the work that I do now. Wow. So, okay. So how do we know if we have a shadow? And if we do know that we have a shadow, how do we find it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like magnifying glass. Where is it? Where is it? Hiding? Where are you? <laughs> it's tricky. Um, 
I see it as if you have a heartbeat, you have a shadow. (laughs) If you have a heartbeat, you have uh, wiring, you have experiences in life that have told you to be careful, to be aware, to make sure you don't get hurt. We are wired for survival, not for pleasure. As much as we want pleasure, we don't want to fall in the rabbit hole. And so this, this magical thing happens. It's a beautiful thing that happens. That that part of us inside of us that goes, I better be safe, whips up strategies to keep us from getting hurt. We call that the risk manager in shadow work. And so that comes online at a very young age. And what does that risk manager do? It says, you better not be like that. You better not say that. You better not act like that. And as soon as you feel like you shouldn't be something somehow, as soon as you have a part of you that's squashing you or having you be something else other than yourself, um, you're putting something in shadow. You're saying, don't be angry. Anger is bad. Throw it in shadow. Put it behind you. Just be nice. Be a good little girl. Oh, your creativity? No, don't be creative. That's not going to give you, that's not going to pay your bills. Go and, and, and study science and throw away your creativity. So we all have shadows and we have behaviors that um, manage our lives so that we can feel safe, that we can survive, that we can be successful. So how do we know what's in shadow? Because that was the next part of the question is you look at what's not working for yourself. How do you want to be that you're not? What, what is the price you're paying because of the shadow? You may not know what the shadow is, but the first place to go is what's not working for you? And that's a great way to go, ah, I'm afraid to speak up at work. Something is going on. I must have thrown away my self-esteem, my my knowing that I have something valuable to say in shadow. And at the end of the day, if it's in shadow, it's really hard to see on your own. You have created the shadow so that you will be safe, so that you won't have pain. And so that's where shadow workers come in, where someone like myself, a facilitator, gets to see things that you can't see on your own and shine a light on that which you've lost access to, but really is still within you. Um, One more thing I'll just add to that, another way to know what's in shadow, and this is a fun way to know, is look around at people that drive you nuts. People that have qualities that you're like, oh, I hate people like that. Oh, uh, arrogant people, people that are full of themselves, they drive me nuts. Or people that are so aggressive drive me nuts. You know, like things that get underneath your skin. When you look at those characteristics, that's somebody probably acting out of shadow, not being um, loving or peaceful, uh, overshooting, like, oh, look at me, I'm so special. And that's a clue that maybe you threw away your specialness. Maybe you threw away healthy anger, the ability to take a stand for yourself. So that's another way to know what's in shadow. Look around and see, you know, who really gets under your skin. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of another book that I read by Gabby Bernstein, and it was Judgment Detox. And mm. she was, um, and she she works out of A Course in Miracles. So when you said shine the light on something, that kind of reminds me a little bit of like Course in Miracles work. But she kind of said exactly what you said, too, that when we're looking and we're judging, usually there's something within that judgment that can be reflected back within us. And I think an example was something like, say, if you judge lazy people, then you might be a person that's like this overworker, right? And you're constantly working, but you really want that downtime 
time to relax, but you might, you know, be really angry at people who appear to be lazy. So, you know, and I've, I've heard that time and time again from so many, you know, spiritual teachers, the books, you know, that we read is that when you can get irritated or annoyed by something else, usually that person is just a mirror to reflect back, you know, yes. to you. I see them as a gift. They're a gift yeah. to show that something is not okay. And it doesn't mean that their behavior is, is good behavior. It's just a clue that something is off. And I love that you use lazy. I use that in my classes as an example, because you might've thrown away lazy and now you're the overworker, overachiever. And now the question I hear is, well, why would we want to be lazy? Why would we want to take back the shadow of laziness? And I always say, well, lazy is the extreme. Lazy is the, the energy going into shadow where I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit on, on my couch and, and just veg out all day. But inside the energy of lazy is the ability to slow down, the ability to have self-care and go, you know what? I'm going to embrace my quiet laziness in a healthy way today and take some time and go walk in the woods or watch a great movie. So that's, that's kind of what we're looking at is how to take back these parts that have been shamed and said, you better not be like that and go, wait a second, there's power in there. There's, there's wisdom and there's beauty. And we need to learn how to be with it all in a conscious way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as being a facilitator, I'm just wondering, like, I'm assuming that, like you said, you're able to see things that other people can't. So I'm sure there's also a bit of intuition that you're bringing to your work. Um, and also probably with the training that you have, you probably have the ability to ask the certain questions, which jog, you know, the mind and the consciousness of the person to be able to probably think in areas that we're not typically thinking, mm-hmm. you know, about. But, Yes, that's absolutely. And what's beautiful about the body of work that I've been trained in and shadow work, because a lot of people say they work with the shadow and do shadow work. And I don't know exactly what they do. However, the body of work that I've been trained in is the trademarked body, body of shadow work and uh, founder Cliff Berry and Mary Ellen Wall. And I always want to give them the, um, the bow. <laughs> and they have created, they pulled upon different modalities and created special processes where there is special language. There are certain ways that we, uh, we facilitate our clients so that they can go in different directions. They can see things that they couldn't see before. And one of the things that I'm going to do in the, the hour segment for your subscribers is this powerful experience where they use a tool to see things that they couldn't see before and actually start to change the wiring. Because we, here's a quick story. There was this client of mine and she was sitting in the chair and I I don't know what I asked her. It doesn't matter, but she was crying and she was in it. And I was, and I, whatever I asked, she didn't have the answer. She's like, I just don't know. This is just, I just, I can't see it. I don't know. She was so in the emotion of it. And so I said, well, let's talk to your risk manager. I mentioned that before the part that creates all these strategies. I said, Will you, are you willing to stand up and step into that part and leave yourself sitting in the chair? Leave your, leave the part that doesn't know in the chair. And let's just make believe you're in the chair and stand in the risk manager. And let me talk to your risk manager. And so I said, so you're her risk manager and you've whipped up X, Y, and Z for her. And she doesn't understand certain things. Why is that? And the risk manager, her, suddenly goes, well, this has happened and this has happened. Her energy changed, her body changed, her voice changed, and she had the answer. 
And so then when she went back into the chair, she was blown away because she was like, that was so weird. Like, I didn't know that until I stepped into that role. And so when we can pull it apart with special language, with special processes, people are able to access information and then heal. You can't heal so much with just your brain. There's just so much we can do with just thinking. We have 95% of that unconscious realm pulling the, you know, calling the shots and pulling the strings. And so by, by doing just that one little piece, we shined a light on what she couldn't see by herself with facilitation. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And it, it also kind of shows like you were just saying how that unconscious mind um, really is wreaking havoc for a lot of us or really is running the show, you know, the majority of the day. And that's where the healing comes in. You know, um, a lot of people are talking about that. I feel like that's kind of, you know, the new buzzword, it used to be mindfulness, mindfulness. Now I feel like it's reprogramming, you know, (laughs) reprogramming what we've learned back, you know, either in childhood. And I, you know, I'm assuming too, as you talk about shadow work, what I think is that, um, you know, when we learn, like you said, it maybe at this early age of these messages that we get with early programming, that if you're not doing the shadow work, the shadow probably becomes bigger, right? Because more and more things can, can add. So, um, you know, what is that like as a facilitator? Does it sometimes feel overwhelming if you're working with a person? It's like, how do you even know where to begin with them? Or is there no such thing as a big shadow, little shadow? It's just all the same stuff happens in the shadow. Wow, that's such an interesting question. I love that question. You know, I'm just going to say that some wounds are bigger than others. Let's be real. You know, if, if somebody had betrayal, if somebody's mother was an alcoholic and was unpredictable, that person is going to have potentially more pain and more wounding around somebody who's had a pretty easier dysfunctional childhood. They're still going to have their challenges because they still want to fit in and be loved. But I do think some people just have deeper seated challenges because of the type of wounding that they've had. With that said, the woundings are the same. So there's the, the common one, I'm, I don't feel like I'm good enough. Or who do you think you are to be special or stand out? I'm afraid to be seen. I'm afraid to, to um, open up my heart and be vulnerable. So the themes are the same. However, the layers might be thicker for people that have had something more more painful, more, more, um, yeah, more tragic. And so when I work with people, you know, where do you start? You start where they are. And the first place really is creating a safe place Uh, because it's the safety that they don't have. (laughs) You know, if they felt safe, they would let go of a lot of this stuff, but it's because of those beliefs that, that have them be feeling haunted that they're, they're, they're so careful and so limited with how much they can let down those walls. And so I start with people where they're at and we go step by step by building a really safe place. You know, you mentioned intuition. Um, that's one of the things people say, well, what makes you different than other shadow workers? I believe, <laughs> and what I've been told is I come with a really huge heart and I really do trust my instincts. So couple that with skills of, of the facilitation skills that I've been taught I do believe I create a very loving, safe place and people will unfold in their time with that container. And that's the first thing I say to people is I I will never know them as well as they know themselves. My facilitator 
inside of me is facilitating their inner knowing, their facilitator. And so I need to get that risk manager working with me to know that it's worth opening up to me so that we can actually play with these energies and get back that confidence, get back that clarity and get back all those pieces that limit the fullness and richness of our life. Hmm. You said something really important in that, which is when we feel safe, we let go. So that's just something to digest a little bit. I think, you know, it's like really thinking about that. It's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, you know, and, you know, when we can create the safety, letting go, you know, kind of begins. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So, so important, you know, and that's, it's the ultimate paradox. The safer we feel, the more we can take risks and we use risk and shadow work because it may or may not happen. However, in our being, it's like that risk manager is like, I'm never going to let this happen again because when she was six, it was so horrible. And so we need to update the risk manager. And that's what we're going to do actually in that, that hour segment with your subscribers, we're going to do a specific, uh, um, process for us to actually get that risk manager to see differently and to update the software because it's running on some really old programming. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And I love the fact that I'm the host of it because I'm going to bar- be participating right along. Good. And you know, as you said, just as you're, you keep saying risk manager, I keep like envisioning, you know, what mine kind of looks like. And it's like, yeah, there's times when I would say my risk manager doesn't probably exist. And that might be more of like the wild, you know, impulsive side of me. That's like, yeah, I just feel like flying and going somewhere. Let's go, you know? And right. then, and then the, then I could really see where the risk manager from childhood, cause like you had said, you know, I did grow up with a a mother who was an alcoholic Mm. and you know there was just so much risk all the time you know and that you kind of like had to navigate a lot so I could see too where um the safety thing you know like my risk manager would probably be like well is that safe for you can you do that or who's safe around you and Mm -hmm. you know all of that so just even um you know in these 19 minutes as, as you're saying that I feel like I can already feel um what that risk manager would look like for me. Like I can Mm. embody the essence of it, you know, the energetic of it. So, I mean, even that alone is super helpful. Can I, can I offer something around that real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes I see it as the reverse risk risk manager. Some people say to me, I obviously don't have a risk manager because I've been taking all these risks. I've been putting myself out there. I haven't stopped. I'm a go-getter. And so what I, I, and so I say it's kind of the reverse risk manager because people think, well, I'm taking all these risks. What I say sometimes is what's at risk for you not to be the go-getter? What's at risk for you not to uh, be as big, as bold as, you know, and this is for everybody that's listening because there's a risk in there somewhere. That risk manager might see it way more painful and scary if you don't create your life the way you are, that there might be some huge challenges if you don't find a way to be on your own to be successful. And a lot of children, adult children of alcoholics, because there was there was so much instability and unknown, is mommy going to be the happy drunk? Is mommy going to hit me? Is mommy going to be able to pick me up from school? You know, whatever it is. At a young age, we learned that we didn't have the support. We didn't have the... Um, yeah, we didn't have the safety net that as children we should have. And we needed to learn how to be with that. So a lot of adult children of alcoholics that I've worked with, and I've worked with a lot, have gone on to say, well, then I need to create my own life and create my own safety. And that's where it's the reverse. It's like, oh, I might have a a challenging time with 
letting people in and going a little slower and relaxing. So I'll just throw that out there for everybody that might be uh, wondering, do I have a risk manager? I do a lot, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I would say, you know, everything that you said is true because I've definitely have taken a lot of risks um, and have worked a lot on the fear, right? To be more in the energetic of love rather than fear and really kind of leaning into and trusting, you know, in the abundance of the universe and really following the call and, Mm. and stuff like that. But there's, there's always room for improvement. There's more letting go, like you said, and there's more safety to bring in. I mean, yeah. the healing to me is never done. You know, it's like, even when you feel like you've gotten it under control, it's like, then you just go into that deeper layer and it's yep. still there and it's the same stuff and you keep clearing, just keep yep. clearing. Layer, layer, layer. People are like, when will this stop? When will my inner critic be quiet? I'm like, when you're not breathing, you know, <laughs> however, we could lower the volume. We could learn how to work with it. And once that risk manager sees that the strategies are no longer longer working the way they did in the past. And now there's another risk. If it keeps keeping you from, you know, I I work with a lot of people, a lot of single women that are opening up their hearts and wanting to have a partner in the second half of their life. You know, if that risk manager keeps them stuck, keeps their heart in lockdown, they're not going to open up to the partnership that they want and find the person to have that love chapter with. And when that risk manager sees the pain associated with not having what they want, ah, Maybe we need to do something different. And then we have a whole different conversation with strategies and how to be in a safe way now. We need to update. Yeah. Well, that's a great segue because it goes into one of my questions. Let's talk about the love shadows and relationships because I know that you do some coaching around that. So what is a love shadow? And you know, how, do you, how are you working with these people that are um, maybe either trying to recover from not so great relationships, abusive relationships, um, maybe patterning that they've seen other uh, people in their lives kind of role model for them in relationships. And how do you kind of find this healthy love and I guess heal the love shadow? So what is it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, in, in shadow work, the model that I work with, there are, there are four quadrants that we work with, four archetypes. And each of those four have nuances to them. And so everybody has their own personal nuance for their personal love shadow. But there are four main love shadows. So for example, we work with magician energy. And the magician is the part of you that is watching out for danger, you know, risk manager stuff, and looking and making, you know, judgment calls and and uh, just having that perspective. And so when there's been a, a harm, there could be a, a very large inner critic saying, oh, no one's going to want you. You're too old. You're too fat. You know, you're not smart enough, whatever it is. So in that realm, the the shadow there will be your bad in some way. Something's wrong with you. And so that's one love shadow. Because if you don't feel like you're, you know, that that if you feel bad, if you feel like something's wrong with you and you have this, this enormous inner critic telling you this, how open can you be? How comfortable can you be in partnership? So that's one love shadow in the magician quadrant. And then we zoom in on the personal nuances of the, of what have they picked up along the way and how is it showing up? And then we do the healing work around that. The other one is the sovereign energy. And that's the part of you that knows your, your worthiness, your deservingness, and, and really holds that, that esteem for you. And so if there's a part of you that has gotten hurt and you feel like you really can't be you, you can't be loved just as you are. And 
um, and that you feel like some, you know, like you're not good enough. This is different now. It's just like, I'm not good enough. I, you know, who's going to want me? I'm not special or something like that. Then that love wound is going to affect your ability to connect in a very different way. People may not see your, your essence. People may not see your shine because you're squashing your light. The lover archetype is another uh, quadrant, and that's where we open up our vulnerable self. So if there's shadow there where we feel like it's too scary to open up our hearts again because we've been hurt, we've been trampled on, we've been left, we've been abandoned, then we're going to have a challenge really having that connection that we so desire. So the lover archetype will have its own shadow. And then the warrior is the fourth quadrant. And that's the part that knows we are, we, we, our selfness, that I'm separate from you and having healthy boundaries between you and me. And so if we got a wounding, an experience that had this go in shadow, where we feel like we don't exist separate from other people and a, and a lot of, uh, Adult children of alcoholics have challenges with this because their boundaries were trespassed against um, or they were murky in some way. They meshed uh, that then it's hard to really take a stand for yourself. It's really hard to have those clear communication skills, the, the boundary setting with those people. And so again, the wounding, the love shadow there is about your autonomy and your ability to hold yourself while in partnership. And so we zoom in on what is your personal love shadow there. So there's the four main ones. And then we figure out what's going on inside of you. And that's where then the next steps are in the process work to reveal, to heal, and then to reclaim, you know, your life. That's amazing. So, you know, after you identify which love shadow the person has and say this is healed within them, then what's the healthy love look like? Ah, well, I call it next level love. That's, that's what I call it, you know? And again, there are layers, there are layers. Uh, so what does it look like in the grand scheme of things? You can be you, you can relax inside of yourself and know you are perfectly imperfect just as you are. And you don't have to put on a mask. You don't have to put on an air. So somebody loves you. You could just be you. And when you can relax and shine that essence and have that confidence, you have a, uh, have more of an opportunity to be seen and to find somebody else that you can connect with even more deeply. Uh, you're the lower, you know, lowering the inner critic. If you're not feeling bad about yourself and you're feeling like, Oh gosh, you know, I, I, I really have a lot going on. And, and, um, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot that I see that works for me and I have that perspective, then clear thinking, being able to make good choices instead of going into another relationship that was like the last one. And you're like, oh my God, I thought this was going to be different. So much, much clearer thinking and better decision-making and quicker decision-making because we're trusting ourselves more. We're able to connect more deeply in an intimate way, because we're able to lower those walls around our heart and let people in. And we're also able to really take a stand and really say, hey, you know, when you said we were going to go out to dinner last night and you forgot, that really, you know, that really had me feeling sad. I, I was looking forward to it. And, you know, can we talk about what happened? And like to be able to have clear, clean, direct communication and not be so scared that if I speak my truth 
If I really let people know who I am, I'm going to lose everything. It's really about coming home to you. And my book is called Loving the Whole Package, Shed the Shame, Live Life Out Loud. When you can love all of who you are, when you can relax into the fullness of all your qualities, that's what leads to next level love for yourself and with partners. I love that. I feel like I'm going to have to buy like stock in your book to give to a lot of like the 20 year old women that I work with who mm-hmm. are, you know, in this dating frenzy right now, even of COVID, you know, yeah. it's like, how do you even date during COVID? And, you know, it's like, I'm hearing a lot of them. Well, you know, do you think it's the right time to text or, you know, he seems to be a workaholic and all this. And I'm kind of afraid to say this. And, you know, I've said exactly the same thing that you've said. I mean, I'm not doing shadow work with them, but one of the things that I like to remind them of is who they are and to show up to every date or every relationship or every person as they are. And if the, if the person doesn't like it, then it wasn't, then they're not meant for you. You know, right, you don't, right. like you said, you don't want to walk on those eggshells or play this game or, you know, if, if you really want to talk to the person, then text them. You don't need to wait and wonder if they're going to text you back or yeah. if they stand you up and blow you off, you let them know. And if they don't like that, you're vocal about it. Yep. See you later. Like you said, quicker decision-making, yeah. you know, and that's kind of what I said to them too. I'm like, how much more time do you want to invest in this when you're already feeling this or feeling like you can't be yourself? Like that's yeah. an indicator that, you know, this relationship in the long term is probably not going to last because, yeah. you know, I think, and I think this happens with everyone, you know, myself included when I was, you know, back in the dating thing, it's like, we have all of these strong intuitions and a little bit of these red flags in the beginning, but then it's like, we don't pay attention attention to them. And then it's three months, six months, a year in, and then it's like, oh yeah, I already knew this, you know? Exactly. And so with what you just shared, if growing up, they were taught on some level that their needs don't matter, or that if they do speak up, people will get angry at them. They are going to be more apt to just go, well, let me give them a chance or let me try this. And, And at the end of the day, you know, 20 year olds, 30 year olds, you know, all of us, we need to step into the, the deep end sometimes and go, oh, that wasn't so great. And then learn. However, the more we can keep our eyes open and go, workaholic, is that going to really meet my needs? And to start fostering those healthy boundaries and go, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And if this isn't going to work, but that might be challenging if inside of us we're going, oh, I'm not going to ever find anybody and I'm so lonely and what's wrong with me? If that's what's going on, it makes sense that people will be like, well, let me just give them a chance and years go by and then we go, oh, what was I doing? How could I not have seen this? Because it was in shadow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've had um, some of the girls say, well, isn't it too early to uh, talk about this? Like we're only on date three. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, when are you going to wait? How many more dates do you want to have? And then you ask this question, (laughs) you realize, okay, we're not, we're not aligned in some of our morals, values, or principles of what we're really looking for in the future. Exactly. And so the more we know ourselves, the more clear we are with who we are, what we want, what we desire, the quicker it is to go, that person's not my match. And that's not going to work for me. Uh, just quick story. I was seeing somebody years ago. And I don't know, maybe a month into the relationship, it was really soon into the relationship, he did something that was not okay. And it hurt me. It's, it's a long story. But it was like, like no, this is, this is going to impact me. He needs to know that he can't do that again. And so I had a conversation with him. And, um, and my friend, who hasn't done a lot of personal growth work, said, 
why did you feel the need to tell him that? Like, you know, it may never have happened again. And I said, when should I tell him that I got hurt? Two months in? Six months in, I don't want that to ever happen again. So, you know, it's how we say it, of course. It's not like, oh my God, what were you thinking, you idiot? Like, like we don't want to come from that place. But to say, hey, I need to talk to you about something. You know, the other night when we did this, I felt some pain and, and I need you to know that so that we can do something differently next time. Yes, we need to take a stand for ourselves. And it can be very challenging if there's this raging, loud lion in your head going, you shouldn't speak up. You should be this. You should be that. And we're scared to just relax and be ourselves, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I just love this. I love our talk. I think there's one more question I want to ask, too, about the shadow healing the shadow before we kind of wrap up here. So can you talk a little bit about that? You know, you mentioned that the shadow healing the shadow. I've never heard that. So I'm like kind of sitting with that, the shadow healing the shadow. I don't even, I'm like, I'm like, where to go with that? Um, so I'm just going to riff a little bit because it's just such an interesting perspective. So my guess is, is that when we could shine a light on one shadow, one aspect that has been pushed away, because I see this all the time, it trickles into the other aspects of people's challenge. So let's just say we threw away anger in shadow. We start to take back our anger and have a healthier relationship with anger then the shadow that's saying you're not good enough or the shadow that is, you know, your self, self-esteem might start to go, well, wait a second. I am standing up for myself and now I'm feeling better about who I am. So with that question, I think that's, that would be, that's what I'm taking the hit on, which is when we start to shift one, it shifts everything because we start to take back us fully and it spills into all aspects, which is an inter- interesting thing, too, to be even specific, more specific. I have people come to me for I want to be you know, in a relationship and I'm struggling with intimacy. And then a couple of sessions later, they say, I came in for this, but I just had the most amazing thing happen with my daughter. I had a client that had this huge thing happen with her daughter. And she said, I reacted so differently. And I was able to show up in such a different way because I felt more grounded and whole inside of myself. I couldn't have done that before. So it trickles into all aspects of our life. And when you shift one thing, it, it, notoriously shifts other things as well. So I think that's my answer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it kind of reminds me of like when you're doing some ego work, right? When you're uh, recognizing the difference between the egoic self and the spiritual self, and that when you start to have a dialogue with the ego and you recognize it and recognize its voice and you're kind of, you know, working on it and it heals, then it becomes like integrated within you, you know, like it's still there and it's still going to poke and, you know, stuff like that. But we come into a different relationship. It's almost like, you know, when you work on the ego, it's like you're taming it. It's like a wild puppy, right? And that you have to teach it how to be potty trained and stuff like that. You're yes. just like, okay, settle down. Like we got yes, you. So maybe exactly. the shadow is the same way. And that's why I call myself the inner critic tamer, because that's exactly what we're doing is we're building a new muscle and we're going, okay, you could, you could relax. I've, I've got this, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be so loud. All right. Maybe I need to work on this a little bit more, but don't cut me off at the knees that's only going to hurt me. So that new training, so that those parts really work with you and not against you, we can befriend 
our inner critic. We can befriend our risk manager so that it's actually protecting us in a healthy, healthier, more conscious way. So totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, I would say to all of you listening and watching here, if this show resonated with you and you don't have a subscription to Path 11 TV, I highly recommend that you get one so you can be a part of this event. Uh, Junie is going to be joining us on March 21st. 24th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't make me convert that time into uh, Central and Pacific and all of that because I can't do it off the top of my head. You ask Mike, I'm always like, what is that? You know, I know Pacific <laughs> is like three hours, you know, be before us. So anyway, so, um, and just again, like how that works and we're going to, and you said that we're going to be working on like this hour coaching to learn. Um, I keep saying inner critic, but it's the risk manager, the risk yeah, manager, they're, right? They're kind of the same. The risk yeah. manager six, the, uh, the inner critic to hold you back, but yes, we're going to, we're going to dive in deeper into shadow work and do a very powerful process to, to start the un, unwiring, the rewiring, um, and update that risk manager to see who you are now. Yeah. So if you guys are feeling brave and want to do this, even if you um, sign up for a monthly membership, we're still going to give you access in. I'm going to give you guys a code today too. It's podcast 30. So I don't want you to just sign up for the seven day free trial. I want you to sign up, uh, pick a membership. It's either the yearly or the monthly. And we have somebody like Junie coming on all different people. We have shamans that are coming to do full moon ceremonies. I think that's next month in April. Um, You know, we just are really trying to pick the best of the best to give you guys a little perk. Um, just thanking you to, you know, for being a subscriber to Path 11 TV and helping us to really continue to do the work that we want to do. So again, write this down March 24th, 4pm Eastern Standard Time. Once you become a subscriber, we're going to email you a private Zoom link. This is done in Zoom. And uh, we are going to meet with Junie and we are going to take a look at our shadows and work on this. Um, so I'm really, really excited to participate in this as well. I know that it's going to bring probably a lot of healing and um and for that membership you can go to path 11 tv.com and again why don't you use the um the coupon code podcast 30 and that will give you some money off and uh junie before we end let's bring people over to your website so let them know where they can find you and where they can work with you absolutely so it's coach juniemoon.com and that's j-u-n-i-e coachjuniemoon.com awesome thank you so much you were a wonderful guest thank um, you i just i love your energy and i'm so excited to have you come to path 11 tv march 21st 4 p.m eastern standard time people be there meet with me let's get deep let's get intimate let's shine the light on these shadows i'm excited mm, to do it awesome thank <laughs> you so much for having me you, you're an amazing host thank you oh thank you so much take care everyone and hopefully we'll see you in march Thanks everyone so much for listening. Again, I just want to remind you, head on over to the Sacred Sexual Music Festival.com website to purchase your tickets for the Sacred Sexual Music Festival, or you can visit Path11Productions.com to purchase those tickets. I also want to give you a free code. Uh, this code is actually going to be for Path 11 TV. If you are listening to this podcast, you can actually watch our podcast for free on Path 11 TV, and you can start a seven-day free trial. And if you subscribe, I'd like to give you the code PODCAST30. PODCAST is all in caps, and that will give you some money off for your membership. Path 11 TV has over 100 hours of video, and you can download the app on any device. So head on over to your app store and look for the purple Path 11 TV logo. It's beautiful. I love it. And I know you're going to love it too.
All right. Thanks, everyone. Take care.